Hello, welcome to episode 38 of the Autocar Podcast, my week in cars with me, Matt Pryor, and him, Stephen Cropley. Hello, Steve. Hello, Matthew. How are you? I'm seeing you for a while. You've been hurdling the Atlantic or something. Uh, No, not this week, but I went to uh, across the channel to uh, the Nürburgring to drive a car I can't yet talk about, but was really good. It was really exciting. And I took that Alpina D3S touring that we're running. Oh, the one you talked bit. about. Yeah, which does 45 to the gallon and 165 miles an hour, although albeit not at the same time. Did but you do some was, speed on the motorway? Yeah, yeah, just as just just because as soon as you cross into Germany from Belgium on the bit I was on, it becomes de-restricted. So you just, and Belgium, I, it's, I, it's not my favourite place to drive because everybody drives within three kilometres an hour of the speed limit. And yeah. They're just really close to each other. And they, so they'll overtake and pull back in and then slow down again. And that was just, it's infuriating. And then, Cross into Germany and the little coin sign comes up and away you go. What's the cruising speed for that car? In uh, Germany? Oh, about about a hundred about a hundred miles an hour is not is is where it sits at its nicest. I think, yeah. And right. it's just yeah, it's it's so effortlessly leggy. As you say, it's very good. Anyway, Steve and I are going to be talking our columns and other car-related nonsense for the next half an hour or thereabouts, including some of your correspondence. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com, as Stephen Faulkner has done. Dear Matt and Steve, uh, I was interested by the discussion this week on learning and not remembering stuff. And my idea that you vehemently disagreed with, Stephen, that maybe actually I should do... I'm talking about getting a balance. I'm not talking about giving up reading at all. Okay. But maybe sometimes I read too much stuff and don't do enough. But anyway, um, Stephen says, I reckon you sell your craft short. Lots of people can rebuild something that already exists, but very few can make something new. 30 years on, I can recall an article that Steve Cropley wrote on the TVR 420 SEAC much more clearly than I remember the lecture notes I ought to have been remembering at the time. A good article lasts and carries something more than just a description of a car. I reckon it's okay to just, to forget stuff too, that we keep our reference points in our head and cancel the noise might be even the thing that sets us apart from AI. In a life of academia, says Stephen, I've come to realise that the people who know the most facts aren't always the ones who make the biggest contributions to knowledge. The fact that we remember different stuff means we all bring different perspectives. Uh, that's Professor Stephen Faulkner from uh, the Department of Chemistry at the University of Oxford, who makes quite a persuasive argument. He does, he does indeed. (laughs) The thing I... okay, I I feel suitably kiboshed. (laughs) The thing I remember about that car and that story, the Mm. only thing I can remember writing in that story was was about... I wrote copiously about the clang of the exhaust pipe as it hit the floor. Oh, really? We were driving it through some quite challenging roads with crowns on them and trying to do a bit of speed and yeah. and every time you got going the car would um dump its exhaust or, or sort of hit the the under bits on the on the road yeah but it was a quick car quick car sure. yeah well anyway steve remembers that very well and he thinks you're right and i'm wrong and i'm who am i to argue with him? who am i no, to argue no, with you no isn't he saying you're wrong? no 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 he said no he's with you he's totally with you because i said i should read less and do more and he said no, actually you should you, you sell your craft short you guys should do do stuff well, I mean, you the, carry on doing. Stuff. The, the, I'm not. I mean, I've, I'm not talking about giving up reading. I just. I am aware sometimes that I could be doing something more open brackets more useful than sitting reading an article. Yeah, like this, is, I, that I am just going to forget two weeks. I don't think line. you're guilty, mate. I, I. I think that. I mean, look, we we've just got together, haven't we? For two hours ago, since I saw you, you've written 
subscriber extra, this another piece of writing, yeah. you know, made 43 phone calls, set up the studio <laughs> in the... the in studio. The, <laughs> in you a celebrated storeroom two studio. microphones in the cupboard. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Steve and I tend to record this either at each other's house or if we're in the office, we come down to the store cupboard because it's the easiest place and the yeah. quietest place in it the is. building. Quite a good acoustic. I, think. I reckon the the battery scooter population is starting to reduce. Do you, yeah, or are I they still here? It is. I wonder if it is. Yeah, we've because for auto car and move electric, they we have a bunch of these uh, scooters that you can't use on the road <laughs> anywhere. But they are in for test, and they yeah maybe there are maybe some people have wanted them back. Yeah, at last. Anyway, at last. We had trouble giving them back, didn't we? Yeah, we do a bit. Yeah, we do. Let's talk your um, let's talk your your weekend cars. Monday. Few things more reassuring than hanging out with people even crazier about cars than you, which is not easy to find in your case, Steve. But you've got Richard Bremner and Martin Buckley. Yeah, well, Richard, as it turned out, I um, Martin Buckley lives nearby. Martin Buckley is a is a very good, somewhat eccentric columnist for CNN Classic and Sports Car. Mm-hmm. He's just made his life work to assemble this lovely collection of cars and put them in a barn that happens to be three or four villages from me. And mm. I didn't actually realize this. Richard set out, Richard and Buckley are a type. Oh, know, yeah, they really okay. understand yeah. one another. And Richard's are, well, I don't know what he is in the flannel panel of the mag, but he's a senior contributing senior writer or something, I guess, yeah. yeah, to, to, I mean, to, to being us with and us other and a boy, isn't he? Mm. But he, uh, he and Buckley were going to have this little bit of a love-in, and uh, they invited me to go along too, and I, uh, it was great. It was fantastic because, you know, Richard's got this uh, um, love of, of sort of BL-era cars. Mm-hmm. Buckley's got all kinds of things. I mean, he's he's got a beautiful Rolls Cloud, which he says will be the last car that he sold. But he's got things like a Row 80. He's got a... Oh, wow. he, we were looking at a Renault 16 TS. Love it. Just... Just stuff, and he's got oh a beautiful Fiat One Thirty Coupe. Oh you know, really? Oak. Oh, interesting. Superb looking car. Just yeah. he just, but the thing is, he's he's not wealthy, and he's not he's just traded cleverly, mm. and kept the things that really mattered to him, and and made a bit of money out of shifting other things and banging a typewriter like we do. Yeah, and uh, and he's finished up with this load of cars, and one of the things I'm determined to do is. Talk the classic and sports car types into having a, a a kind of Martin Buckley evening or something, you know, a bit of a barbecue. Oh, cool! Yeah, Twenty nice. or thirty people. Yeah. yeah, because he when he starts talking about the stuff on the wall and 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 how he got his cars and all he's a fantastically interesting bloke. Mm. Richard's the same, you know. You you should hear him going back and forth. <laughs> I would I would like that a lot. Oh, mate, because good. we have that okay occasional auto car event, don't we? At the uh, Royal Automobile Club, we have yeah. the, the, the reader event along. But yeah, that would be nice on a summer's evening, wouldn't it? To just yeah, yeah. hear those two oh, have look, a natter. Honestly, that would be great. I was transported. I didn't. Yeah. Want, we had other work to do. I didn't really want to do it. <laughs> One of the things that Buckley showed us, extraordinary thing, was a biscuit tin that mm. he's somehow acquired. German, you know, probably 30s biscuit tin in it. And on the top, instead of, you know, in a normal chocolate box, has a picture of a of a English cottage with roses around the door. This has got a picture of Hitler looking at a model of the VW Beetle no. pre-war. And it's a biscuit tin that was Goodness. obviously sold in, you know, Third Reich days. That is extraordinary that that has survived. He's just got it? that sort of stuff. He's a yeah. real, he's a really discerning collector. And, mm. and uh, 
you know, fascinating, modest bloke, lovely guy. Yeah, yeah, I like. We him need a lot. to. I, I think I'm going to get hold of Al Clements, the editor of Classical Sports Car, and yeah. see if we can. We should do that. Set this that'd up. That'd be terrific. Yeah, that'd be terrific. We could do it out in the, out in the countryside somewhere. Yeah, we? where with it a, is. Like, yeah. As you say, in the you know, with a with a barbecue and people can bring some nice cars along and yeah, be a great evening. I out, reckon. I you know, thirty people. There's there's parking even. Mm. Be great. Oh, out at the barn. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, the, oh, the, yeah. I think people have to see the barn at terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the uh, on the note of um, collecting stuff, I've started listening to a BBC series that was on about fifteen years ago, ten fifteen years ago, called "A History of the World in a Hundred Objects." Oh, have wow. you heard? Have you? Did you ever hear that? Yeah, it was bits of it. Yeah. yeah, it was presented by the British Museum's director um, Neil McGregor. So right. clever, it, really terrific. And I just started listening in the car on the way over to Germany and back this week and I just got into it again I just thought how far up so, did you how, how uh, far did you get I think I'm I'm a I'm almost halfway there are only 15 minute episodes so yeah I'm quite a I'm quite a long way in I'm only up to like 700 AD so yeah <laughs> there's still quite a lot of history to come but really fascinating stuff don't really you love that stuff where where people find a way to summarize really complex yeah. subjects in in uh in such a succinct way yeah. love that yeah really clever that's what I really admire. Yeah. Uh, the next day, oh, collect more collectibles. You went. To, you've been to Bremner's house. As yeah. I have well, in God. Well, there's a feature in this week's rag, which has mm-hmm. got a uh, sorry magazine, which has got a, which has got a, um, which is all about Bremner's unique attitude to finding finding really interesting cars, and he is mm-hmm. it's quite simple, but it's never been thought of. What he does is he trolls Auto Trader to for cars that are at least 10 years old, have done no more than 30,000 miles and cost less than 10 grand. Hmm. And up come all these amazing cars, you know, stuff from deceased estates, stuff from, you know, just people who've had something in the garage and decided to sell it and so on. And they're, and they're all, I mean, quite a lot of them are candidates for the Festival of the Unexceptional. You know, we yeah. found a superb three, I think it was a three grand Cavalier that had done twenty two thousand miles. There was another one I'd wow. done four thousand miles. But that kind of stuff. And I spent the day. First of all, we we identified some of these cars, and then we we found some uh, used car joints that sell them, mm. and just went and looked at these cars. And there was honestly, there was a. I got really aerated about a. There was a Saab that was under seven grand that had mm. done no miles 20,000 93 it was mm-hmm. looked perfect we rang up you know how Hilton Holloway our erstwhile contributor yeah. he loves Saabs yeah. I mean we're standing in this godforsaken paddock in the back of Bedford on the phone to Holloway saying get over here mate <laughs> you must come and have <laughs> yeah. this you need to you need to see this car yeah uh, god it was good Hilton was he made the point to me some time ago when he would when he was a staffer at Autocar, he said the thing about Auto Trader going digital is that you used to just get the mag and you'd open it and you'd yeah. browse through it and you would see stuff that you would not look for. And there are websites that do this better than others with their search terms. But he said the the thing about some of those web some of the car retailing websites is that you just get because they are so keen on you telling them what make and model you are looking for, you lose some of that magic of the surprise find. Yeah. But Bremner seems to have found a Way well, around it by the well, sounds of just, his search. He term. just goes for the price, yeah, and the age, yeah, and uh, uh, and uh, that's about it. And 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 you know, and the and the mile. I think you can put in a mileage under yeah. thirty. 
proper lucky honestly day. we had a good time let's go <laughs> and it's uh, in the rag you know, so yeah it's uh it's there it is in the, you know. so that's published the as this same, comes out as this comes out which yeah. is 31st of may so yeah and yeah. it is it's good stuff i mean bremner in typical uh, style is is uh, sort of saying well anybody could do this you know so, but but the point is it's a it's a plan that he's come up with after well how many decades of looking at his cars <laughs> yeah and uh and it's just a it's it's it was so interesting and so much fun mm. and there were cars that you were hard to resist mm. and there were, there were one or two other types that i referred to in, elsewhere in my column they the, the sort of ULES refugee. Well, I was going to come on to this. Yes, come on to this next. There are, because of the ULES expansion. Yeah. Actually, we have a, a bloke we know very well who drives for us a lot, Mauro Callow. Yeah. Who's got a Mercedes CLS, which he loves driving all over Europe. He's not a huge fan of flying, but when he goes on his big driving jobs, he will load up his kit for a few weeks away because he, he drives for a lot of uh, films and things like that so he'll load up his car away he'll go go to the south of the Czech Republic on a tank of fuel uh, but he lives in and around the ULES he's got to sell it yeah yeah he's a he's a phenomenon isn't he mm. I mean every every time you see a car going sideways on television or in a it, Bond movie yeah, it's him might well be him yeah, yeah. but so yes tell me about because it is a piece in your column the, well I the refugee Ritzmobile well I I just kept looking at these, you know, Audi A8s, diesels, mm-hmm. um, um, stuff that, that were, you know, Range Rover Sport, things like that. And there were all these cars that have obviously been well-owned. You know you know how easy it is these days to tell whether a car's had a good history. Mm. Because yeah, because you can check the MOT. You can check the service history, but you can see if it's had advisories on its MOTs and all yeah, sorts, can't you? Yeah, that's and, it. And, and, you know, you can see the progression of mileage and mm. all that. Honestly, there were. I was looking at this Range Rover Sport, black Range Rover Sport, twenty-two, mm-hmm. and it only done a few miles. I think it was a little bit outside our thirty grand limit, and it wasn't part of the story that we've done. But I kept seeing these cars, and there were the other thing I saw, which wasn't a. I think it probably still did qualify for, or didn't attract ULES, but it was a, there was a Maserati Gran Turismo, which twenty-one nine something or other. Really? Yeah. 22 grand. Perfect. For a, grand you know, tourism. spend a grand on it, get, yeah. get get the detailers in and all that, and you would have a really nice car. It didn't even have curb wheels. It was beautiful. This does sound like <clears throat> the sort of argument that could land you in a lot of trouble down the road when several different warning lights oh, start sure. to come oh, on. Yeah. It's going, oh, what have, I, what have I done? But lot of, loads of so much car for the so much car you can get yeah. for the money as a result of the ULES expansion. Yeah, it yeah. It, I mean, it's a gamble. It yeah. absolutely is a gamble for sure. But, yeah. but there, I think there are some pretty blameless cars that are just mm. being out. Of, you know, people just live five miles or three miles or hundred yards inside the ULES yeah. zone in the inside the M25, and they're in strife. Yeah, yeah. Twelve fifty a day. Twelve fifty a day. Yes, not it's, insignificant. Uh, yeah, I suppose. You know, maybe Range Rover owners can afford twelve fifty a day, but it's well. That's up, the thing, it? isn't it? Is that some it, it it affects those who can afford it the least, yeah, know, and yet who still will do jobs that mean they work outside normal hours and can't take public transport, yeah, and yet they will be the ones who yeah that that cop it. And if you are wealthy enough, you don't care, yeah. So that doesn't matter, yeah. But 
I'm it, not it can't be right. It no. can't be right. Right, Steve and I are going to take a very short break and we'll be back with some more My Week in Cars in just a moment. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Welcome back to My Week in Cars. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com, as Paul Murray has done. Because a few weeks ago, Steve, in the podcast, uh, you mentioned Joshua Slocum's book, Sailing Alone Around the World. Yeah. Which I didn't I didn't quite realise it was written quite as long ago as it as Yeah, it mid-1800s. Yeah. And he, um, yeah, he's just a... Just a, a a bloke who set off to sail across the Atlantic and kept going, I think. And I've, I've sort of I've read it a million times, and I always forget the burden of it. But but, mm. but the thing I always remember is a is a magnificent, um, matter of fact way he describes amazing things. You know, he gets attacked by whales, and he says, "Oh yes, we had a bit of trouble with whales, and you know, but that went away." Yeah. And then I think he wrecked a thing on the coast of Nova Scotia or somewhere, and he. And he had to re, you know, put a new keel in this boat, which he did by cutting down, you know, local trees and and dismantling the boat and putting a new keel in it and sailing on. That's extraordinary, isn't it? And, and there were no because they they were neither of the canals at that point, presumably Suez or the Panama no, Canal no, were not no, existing he, either. No, he, so you had to he, go round. That's it. Yeah. And he, and the the thing is, he he just. You know, if he had to stop somewhere like that, he'd just live off the land, you know, find mm. stuff to eat and, or, you know, it just it's just a magnificent tale of, I don't know, self, you know, self, um, uh, what do I mean? Just an ability to look after yourself. Yeah. yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Didn't depend but on anybody. Paul Murray says, I wondered if you might expand for your reader's benefit. And here is the, our memory is the problem. So I've just <laughs> looked this up, Paul. The bit, the part of the book where the author tells of his meeting with President Kruger, who was the president of the Transvaal, a story I tell often and it usually amazes friends. Well, yeah, I've just looked this up. So apparently he says to President Kruger, he's sailing around the world. And President Kruger says, you mean on the world because the world is flat. <laughs> isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's terrific, isn't it? But, you know, I mean, I mean, you you won't get to the other side, will you? No, <laughs> if it's no, flat. No. If it's flat. Um, they still named a national park after him, didn't they? Yeah, President Kruger. Yeah, absolutely. But that yeah. is a that's a. I'm glad uh, you know to hear that somebody else loves a book as much yeah. as I do. Um, and Paul, to your question, um, when I first got interested in motor racing, quickly became a motorsport magazine slash Dennis Jenkinson fan. There was a magazine that had a pull that had pull out reports on Grand Prix. They opened out and were black and white. Do you know what magazine it was? We've had a chat. No, we don't know what magazine that is. No. You think it might be motorsport? Well, I thought motorsport it might have done it, but there was something else that I remember Peter Windsor stories, big expanded stories and uh, Grand Prix Oh God! If <clears throat> I tell you, you'll know this, mm. and I hope he's listening. Peter Robinson in Australia. Ah, if yes. we say 
come on, Robbo, what was the magazine? <laughs> I will get an email, or we will both we will get, get an, an email, email in a couple of days, and yeah. he'll, he'll say what it was. That'll be good, yeah. We come will. on, Robbo. On so, yes, somebody listening, uh, Robbo or otherwise, <laughs> let us know. Should we briefly talk Mike Ollum? Yes, sir. It's, yeah, uh, I've just... Uh, so we ran a feature late last year, cars that got away, cars that we should have bought but didn't. Did you... You nominated something, did you? For yeah, that? I, forgot, I can't yeah. remember what it was. No, I've forgotten too. Yeah. Anyway, I said it was the Alpha SZ. Yeah. Well, it certainly wasn't as 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 uh, didn't resonate like the Alpha well, SZ. That's for sure. Because I was, I don't know, when they came out, I was a teenager, so I like the sort of brutalist look of them. They remind me of a time when I was just getting into cars in my former two years, and about two thousand five, I suppose, or thereabouts, I could have. All they were under twenty thousand pounds. Wow. To buy. And I didn't have children and stuff at the time. And I thought I could borrow all the money and get one. But I was sort of put off by, you can't get body panels anymore, apparently. And, you know, it's quite, ex- I know it's based on a Alpha 75, but it always struck me as a fairly exotic sort of car. And I thought, no. V6. So yeah, V6. Yeah, good V6. Engine. Three Great. litre V6, uh, rear wheel drive, transaxle, <clears throat> five speed manual, left hand drive only. They only made a thousand and something so they're pretty rare anyway i didn't pull them did you did i did you say a ducati got in the way yeah i bought i I bought a ducati instead so right color not bad right color right uh you know right country you know great looking it was it was terrific it was but and it was much cheaper but yeah so anyway it was fine so anyway i wrote this in the mag in this feature last week and uh a guy called bill wrote to me and he said you should come and try mine and i thought well Okay, that would be very it? nice. Down in Farnham, sort of way in Surrey. Oh, so Surrey, yeah. yeah, so sort of Surrey, Hampshire. We had a, we had a, a drive around sort of Surrey, Sussex, Hampshire uh, for an hour, and I thought it was terrific. I and he got you to give really it the beans, I think. Yeah, he wouldn't, because I was, I don't know about you, mate, but when I'm driving somebody else's car, I'm always slightly hesitant oh, about it. And I don't like driving it for more than I have to. I don't want to drive it any quicker than I have to. And he was in the passenger seat going, no, 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 more revs, more revs, more revs. Lower gear, keep keep hold of the gear, keep hold of the gear. Okay, fine. And I thought it was terrific. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really... Anyway, so that's my column this week. But you, you'd you have driven them at the time, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I, well, I, we had a, a, a boss here, an MD, who, who had one. Hmm. And I, at the time, my car at the time was a Cosmo Sierra, four-wheel drive one. Um, what the hell was the name of the not not Sierra the, the, the uh, Saf- Sapphire yeah the saloon saloon yeah and uh, we swapped cars we one weekend mm. and it was duly terrific you know that had the funny driving position as you say and, yeah but I mean the exotic nature of it was brilliant I I never really liked the way they looked but I loved the engine that engine mm. whatever they put it in was fabulous yeah but the thing I remember about this because I'd got out of the Cosworth which this sort of meaty steering and you know, real car that reeked of Ford logic. Hmm. This this car was was variable, shall we say? <laughs> it was good at some things and not at others. And yeah. one of the things it absolutely, that it emphatically was not good at was wet roundabouts. <laughs> Whereas the Cosy was good, you know, yeah. because it had loads of traction. And yeah. so I just remember going sort of rather scarily sideways with the with herself on board and uh, sort of shouting. So. Uh, Anyway, they are, right? yeah, but they are now a good one. Is now sixty to eighty, really grand, yeah. This was is, a good one. This was a good one. It's really good. Not not too many miles. Felt really rigid. The shell composite yeah. panels. Yeah, they have got composite panels, and um, but what the uh, biggest bonnet you've ever seen? It's a big clamshell 
bonnet. So it's a huge, huge bonnet. And you can't get them, but there are people who will repair them a bit, I think. Or you can get some, you can get proper carbon fiber replacements, but you can't get the original spec. Right. You can't get, they've got these um, adjustable height dampers. Which is true. So it's got two ride heights, which oh. I didn't know. I'd forgotten about at the time. Or you have I didn't to get under it. with a spanner. No, no, no. You push a button in the inside. Wow. And it and it raises. <laughs> I had no idea. I, I must have had an idea at some point. But it was, I've read a few articles about it in the past week and it wasn't mentioned that often, weirdly. But Bill sets it on its higher rating. I mean, where you go. Rides beautifully, really well by modern standards, terrifically well. And uh, So you were right to want one back then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right to want one back then. Yeah, because and I would have, but my, I think what I would have found is that it took up all the space in the garage. It would have taken up all my capacity to borrow the money to buy it at the time. I see. And I would have worried about it because I did own a Caterham for a while at a similar time, and I'd, and I, and I was worried about breaking it all the time, and I didn't own it for that long, and I think, at least now, I'm somebody who has not yet owned an SZ. And I feel better about that than being somebody who used to own one. I yeah, think. Okay. So uh, you know, mate. Uh, I think yeah, maybe if assuming they don't keep going. Yeah. Then yeah, maybe nice one day. Bill. Who knows? Who, to, to, yeah, really, yeah, really, really generous of him. He's, yeah. But he swaps tends to swap classic cars every sort of three, two to three years, and he's had this for seven, and he doesn't quite know what to replace it with, if anything. And yeah. that's the interesting thing. Is, is not obvious, is it? No, it's not. No, because it is exotic. And he says, actually, fundamentally, apart from the fact that you can't get the dampers, you have to have them rebuilt and you have to buy composite body panels. He says, actually, really easy, really cheap to look after because it's a 75 and actually the parts are really cheap. So I guess once you get it right, you you only rebuild the dampers once in the blue moon, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a, you know, fundamentally the body doesn't rot because it's plastic anyway. No, no, sounds good. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would love to. And, it's got a carbon fiber spoiler halfway up the rear window, which is this. much like the Citroen C5X right. or recent Hondas. But from an aero perspective, it's a groundbreaker because so many cars now have exactly that, yeah. have exactly that thing. And visibility is terrific because it's got thinner pillars. So it's a really light, airy interior. Windscreen comes a long way back, you know, yeah. almost up to where what, your head what is. What year are we talking? So they came out in eighty nine, didn't they? I think, and they were around until ninety four. So don't you love these cars? Cars like that that still give a good account of themselves after, yeah, yeah. whatever we're talking about, three decades. So yeah. I think that that because not many do. No, or not I, all of them do. No, I think that's true. And I, if you drive a Vauxhall Lotus Carlton now, extraordinary car at the time. But there are loads of cars that do what that car can do yeah. now. And I think you've got to drive it remembering what it was like then rather than thinking, how yeah. does it stack up? But this Alpha, to me, still st- st- stood up really Special. well. Yeah. yeah, really good car. Yeah, which is a good argument for Bill to keep it f- for keep another Keep it for the foreseeable. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't know what you'd, how you'd get. I mean, the obvious answer is a Porsche 911, but it's an obvious answer, there. isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. what do you, yeah, what do you do? Yeah. Um, tell me about the Institute of Mechanical Engineers Richard Perry Jones Award. Well, you you know we both um, benefited from the from the amazing wisdom of of, of Richard Perry Jones, who was a Ford engineer, sort of youngish Ford engineer, not particularly far up the pole, who found a way to 
prevail on the management of Ford <clears throat> by using the media actually mm. to make the case for for making Fords much much better. And he was involved in the um, in the refinement of Escort, Mondeo, and then Focus, of course. And and the Fords went from being cars whose handling could only be described as risible hmm. to really good cars you know real cars that would would out handle and out ride some some stuff that costs three times as much hmm. you know you, you you were in the forefront of that stuff weren't you and and um <clears throat> um so richard parry jones not only did he change forwards but he but everybody else in the uh, in the business had to move as well. So even VW were, you know, had to do some re-engineering because the, yeah, the focus they was drove so the focus good. and realised that they needed to, yeah, yeah, and they changed, didn't they? They changed to a rear to an independent rear because yep. the focus had a, had a very affordable rear independent rear suspension yeah. design and everything else. It had a twist beam, which is not as good. Hmm. So it really, he really changed the world. And and he was an extremely nice bloke, and he was one of these people that could explain really difficult concepts to people who weren't that bright, such as journalists. Mm. And uh, we really, I just liked hanging out with the guy. The yeah. only scary thing was that you know he used to go on these early drives. Do you remember? With, I've and, never been on one, but I've heard about. Yes. Well, he had this really nice house at Saffron Walden, and we used to invite a bunch of us over there, and you know we attack the roads in these prototypes, and. You know, you'd set off at six o'clock in the morning, and you'd be doing sort of eighty miles an hour past people's bathroom windows, and uh, and he was he was a world's hairiest driver, and <laughs> staying up with him was virtually impossible. Yeah, and he did he did have the odd accident, must be said. <laughs> I think but, somebody described it to me once as surprisingly few. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting talking to Mike Cross about him because he, you know, Mike Cross, the 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 famous uh, Jaguar. Yeah. Uh, uh, Test driver who is who is one of those blokes that can is massively quick when he wants to be, but he's mm. but he's very gentle and and sort of restrained on the road. And he even he used to think that that going around with RPJ was a was a, a bit of an event. <laughs> <laughs> but fantastic bloke, changed yeah. the world. And yeah. and uh, and the IMEC is going to have a, a medal that they're going to give to high achieving automotive engineers in his memory and i think excellent. it's the most fantastic thing and we you know we're going to give it as much um, uh, as fair a wind as we can excellent and that goes to people who are currently doing well in the business i it's, think so it's, it's yeah, not an I up think, and coming thing it's somebody yeah, who it's a it's a high point yeah so. I, I i think they'll perhaps both you know people who are who are on their way but also people who've achieved a lot excellent that's good and of course, the the world is still the car world is still half full of people who were influenced by yeah. Richard because not only did he work in Europe, but he he was taken to America for a while. And he was in charge of all Ford product development, hmm. and you know, and eventually he lost some political battle or other. But he but he he affected the cars. Hmm. Really do we, did. Do we know when the first medal is coming? I think there's a they're, they're going to make an announcement. In a week or two. Oh, cool. Excellent. Uh, we, do, we don't know precisely what it's yeah. called or who the recipient will be, but just just the concept is fabulous. Yeah, agreed. Excellent. Lovely. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's My Week in Cars. You can find more from Autocar over at autocar.co.uk. You can find Steve um, 
Matt's column and mine in the magazine, which you can get in newsagents every Wednesday on print subscription um, or on digital subscription. Uh, we've also got a bit of YouTube. We're on all the socials. You can write to us, me and Steve, autocar at haymarket.com. Does go into quite a big mailbox. If you if you can market podcast, that will be helpful. But we'll see it. I check it a bit, so you'll see it either way. Until next week, thanks for joining us.